This is exclusive coverage of CPAC for Central Virginia. Brought to you by the Virginia Institute for Public Policy and our Virginia Education Opportunity Alliance Coalition. Find out more at VEOA.org. It's Joe Thomas in the morning on Seville 1075 and 1260 WCHV. Joe Thomas at CPAC 2024, our special Saturday edition of Joe Thomas. Uh, thanks to our friends at the Virginia Institute for Public Policy. Uh, Virginia in the House, probably more so this year than there has been in previous CPACs. Jonathan Myers is running for the GOP nomination in Virginia's 7th Congressional District. It's a crowded field. Jonathan, thank you for taking some time out and visiting with us. How are you doing this morning? Good. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. So. I know that June 18th is going to be D-Day, but there's 45 days up till that. Um, <laughs> that's going to be a get out the vote and, and try to rally your supporters uh, to this nomination. What are you hearing from the voters of the 7th District after two terms of Congresswoman Spanberger? And, you know, I was just talking to Dave Bratt two days ago, and I walked down these halls and everyone stopped him like they were trying to convince him to run again or something. What does the 7th need to get back to to get that representation in Congress. Well, when I hear about Spanberger, I hear mostly how she goes north and does one thing 100% uh, of the time with Joe Biden and then comes back to the district and tries to sell herself as a moderate or a pro-police, pro-military sort of person, which obviously is not true. And the thing I hear the most when we knock on doors, and we knock on a lot of doors, is cost of living and the border. That's what's important to everybody. So. You know, we need to be hammering away at that message that we need to take our border back and the president and the legislature and the judicial need to do their duty and keep us safe. It's their, it's their first duty to keep us safe. You'd think a former intelligence officer would know more about what's coming across the southern border, Jonathan. Um, I, I, you talk about the economy, and, and I don't know, I'm not a brilliant man, but earlier this week I, I turned a phrase and a lot of my listeners liked it. Um, because we commonly will say the cost of groceries is up 40%. That's not the reality. The reality is 7th District residents are buying 40% fewer groceries because of the prices. We're all buying less. We all can do less. We go less. We, we work more if we can. If we can't, we just buy less. And that's having an effect on the economy too, isn't it? Absolutely. And the example I like to use, my wife is a GS-15 for the government, for the Marine Corps. And I'm a retired lieutenant colonel. And for the first time in 30 years, we are living paycheck to paycheck. We're skipping groceries. We're rearranging bills. We're putting bills off. And so I know that if we're feeling it, everybody's feeling it, you know, because we come from an affluent area where lots of dual incomes. And, and we're feeling the pain. Two girls in college, a son in high school, and you know it's just not sustainable. We need to do something about inflation, and it involves getting back to the economics of 30 years ago. You know, fundamental, basic economics 101: stop printing money, stop spending money we don't have, and uh, make cuts where, where they're appropriate. Weaponization of government has been a big theme here at CPAC, and uh, having served and you've seen forward deployments, I'm sure places where they don't have a Bill of Rights, where they don't have the guaranteed freedoms that, that uh, 
people ask me all the time about, well, what if so-and-so from Guatemala, does he have rights? I said, yes, God's given all of us rights. Whether we're lucky enough to live into, in a country that defends them or not is a toss of the dice. What needs to be done in terms of things like FISA authorizations and things like that? We had a bill on the floor that was going to require more warrants for surveillance of, of civilians, that kind of thing. Um, you're going up against an intel agent who voted every time that FISA has been reauthorized just to keep doing the same thing over and over again. Is there a demarcation in your thoughts on surveillance, especially of Americans and uh, NSA? Yes, absolutely. So you're right. We are the only country that's ever laid out in writing that the individual rights are greater than the rights of the whole or the rights of the government. And you're correct. I have deployed to places where I've seen that that's not the case. And if you've seen the places I've seen, all over Africa and the Middle East, uh, and combat zones, first of all, before I address your question, you would never question the Second Amendment. Because it's the only thing that stops us in this country from experiencing what I've seen in Africa and what I've seen in the Middle East. Um, in terms of FISA issues, um, you know, they were greatly expanded after uh, September 11th, the Patriot Act, because there was a day when I was an intelligence officer, if we were monitoring terrorists and an American came on the line, we had to hang up. We literally couldn't listen to the conversation anymore. Um, so while it started as a noble thing, like let's, let's make sure we're listening to all terrorists, it has been grossly abused to now where it needs to be rolled back immediately. Um, they're, now they're using the FISA justification that was created for terrorism, labeling Americans as terrorists based on their political views, and then using FISA warrants against them. So obviously it needs to stop. I was around... Uh in Pennsylvania when the Department of Homeland Security was first set up. And we said goodbye to our governor, who Tom Rage took over as the first chair, and we got talking about some of the things that were going on. And he told me, among other things, that these FISA judges, Joe, were going to be the strictest judges you're ever going to find. I think it's a 96% rubber stamping. But he also said the whole point was to share information, to make sure that all these groups, FBI, CIA, you know, were, were sharing information. Yet here we are 20 years later, and it seems like the territorialism in our intelligence services is just as bad as it ever was before. Um, so even one of the core principles behind the Department of Homeland Security seems to have been either forgotten or gotten away too much and just has fallen by the wayside. Yeah, so the early critics of the expansion of FISA turned out to be right. It would be abused. It is being abused. It's being abused every day against law-abiding Americans. And... Uh, it wasn't the way that it was intended when it was established. And, you know, we need to roll it back, and we, we need to stop it from being abused. Congressional oversight, it comes up frequently, especially as we put men and women in harm's way. Would you, as a congressperson, having experienced life in the battlefield, want to make sure that Congress always maintained its oversight over the use of our men and women in service as to where they're going and for how long and what their, what their, um, what their mission is? I think that the way the Founding Fathers designed it, that the Congress would have the uh, ability to declare war, is, is the correct design. And it was, it was intended to stop a tyrant from using the military, not only um, abroad, but at home. So I think the congressional oversight needs to continue. I think that um, the executive uh, authority to deploy troops for shorter periods of, is, is an effective way to do it. But yeah, I, I do think congressional oversight is important when it comes to uh, declaring war. A couple of years ago, um, there was some horrific incidents during COVID of 
mailboxes in the 7th District while mail-in balloting was going on were found on a Sunday morning just... I don't even know what kind of tool you would use, but the whole fronts of these mailboxes were ripped open in the 7th District. And nobody knows what was stolen out of it because <laughs> it's all gone. Um, talk about ballot security. Do you have a team? Are you developing enough folks to make sure that every valid voter casts one valid vote? And, and talk about vote sanctity, both federally and, and in Virginia. Look, we need to fight at every level to... to to impose the stringest regulations that we can on, on voting. Ideally, we would have one person, one vote, paper ballot, with ID. And I think that as conservatives, we need to continue to fight for that standard. Um, you know, it's hard to say if that ship has sailed and if electronic voting is, is it's too late to turn it back around. But it, if we are, we need to ensure that they have the stringent, stringent most stringent security standards on, on any voting. And, and we need to protect every, every ballot like it's gold, you know. A, a ballot is the most important tool that an American citizen has to enact their desires on the government. And we need to protect that way, and we've lost that, and now the ballots are treated as if they're just throwaway. Yeah. Mail, mail one to everybody, you know, 30 million ballots, just mail them out. It's a Facebook post, you know, maybe that's how we'll go to it. But ask any AT&T user this week if they think electronic voting is safe and secure because uh, wouldn't you imagine a, an election day coming up and, and you're counting on your internet service through AT&T and, and I'm just picking on AT&T because there I think it was near a hundred thousand people lost cell service for a day um, if that all went away and it's election day and you need to vote uh, you know that, that could be a pretty chilling thing absolutely and and there's people who envision a future where you just vote with the push of a button on your phone and it's just not it's never going to meet the standard that we need to have to protect ballot sanctity. Oh, and yeah, and security there. So what's your website where people can find out more about you? When are you going to be doing some events in and around the district, especially the western end, uh, so people can come out and meet with you? Sure. So my website is Myers for Virginia. That's M-Y-E-R-S or M-E-Y-E-R-S. I got both of them. So okay. smart, <laughs> smart man. So that's my website. You can go there. You can watch an excellent film, three-minute film that was made by combat vets about my experience being the Marine who had forces to send into Libya after Benghazi and was told to stand down, as well as my experience evacuating Afghanistan. So I would encourage people to check out that film. We're going to be very active around the district. Uh, we're really focusing on voter outreach. So we may come to you. You may not have to come to an event that I'm at. I may show up at your door while you're cooking dinner. So please don't yell at me when that's happening. But you're way too polite for anyone in the 7th District to yell at. Uh, uh, Jonathan, thank you so much. I appreciate it. And good luck. And let's not be strangers between now and the 18th. Absolutely. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure.